Welcome to Calvert Library's Book Bites, first chapters that leave you hungry for more. Today's selection is The Boggart by Susan Cooper. The little boat crept closer over the gray-green water of the lock. Tommy could hear the slow creaking of the oar locks and see the white hair of the lean old man bent over the oars. His father said that Mac Devon was over one hundred years old, but Tommy had never had the courage to ask if it were true. The McDevon was a clan chief, the last one of his line, and you didn't ask a clan chief a question like that. Good day, Mr. McDevon. He caught the bow of the dinghy as it crunched into the small stones of the beach. This was a weekly ritual, the old man's shopping trip from the island of Castle Keep. Aye, said the McDevon, in his soft, rusty voice. Have you not brought Fergus? Tommy was astonished. The old man never went anywhere without his dog. Fergus is old and tired, Thomas, like his master. The McDevon stepped over the side of the dinghy, lifting his big rubber boots as if they were too heavy for him. Out of the boat he took a deep shopping basket, woven of wicker, gray-brown with age. Then he walked carefully up the beach toward the village store, in which Tommy's mother struggled to fill all at once the jobs of grocer, bookseller, fruitier, postmistress, and occasionally, if Tommy went fishing, fishmonger. She used her son as delivery boy, though he preferred the fishing. Tommy tugged the dinghy further up the beach and looked out over the water to the McDevons' island. It was no more than a rock, really, a grass-skinned slab from which the square gray bulk of Castle Keep rose like a box of stone. The castle's gray sides were streaked yellow with lichen. There were only a few windows— and those cut so small against attack from long-ago invaders or the everlasting highland wind that the walls seemed blind. It was a small castle, as castles go, but it was handsome and forbidding there alone in the lock, with the water all around the hills of Maul rising misty beyond. Though Tommy rode over to the island now and again to deliver groceries or mail, he had seldom been inside, nor had anyone else from the village. The days were long gone when Castle Keep rang with the reveling of clansmen gathered from all the Western Isles, and every neighbor strained to hear the haunting music of the great piper McCrimmon of Skye. Now the castle stood silent and empty, and the last McDevon lived there alone with Fergus, his dog, but not quite alone. Tommy gasped, jumping suddenly backward, as a strand of wet seaweed was flipped up into his face from something in the bottom of the empty boat. He thought, So you're here again this time, are you? For an instant, he heard the thread of a laugh from the thing in the boat he could not see, a very ancient, mischievous thing, solitary and sly, born of a magic as old as the rocks and the waves, a thing that had lived in the castle keep for all the centuries of the McDevon clan and longer. The Bogart 
had come shopping too. Tommy's mother weighed out the apples and put them in the McDevins' basket. She frowned at the keys of her cash register as she carefully punched in the prices of apples, bread, oatmeal, milk, and so she failed to see one of the apples rise slowly into the air and float sideways. But Tommy saw. Instinctively, he put out a hand and snatched the apple as it passed, and from somewhere in the air, he heard the echo of a small, resentful wail. He handed the apple to the McDevin. A smile flickered over the McDevin's pleated brown face, and he winked at Tommy with one of his bright eyes as he put the apple back in the basket with the rest. Nearby, the air seemed to quiver for a moment, as if something swiftly passed. So, Mrs. Cameron, said the McDevin, is there any mail for me? No, Mr. McDevin, not this week, said Tommy's mother, as she said every week. Well, now, what is the news? he said. Mrs. Cameron paused to think. She was a pretty woman, but she always looked slightly worried, perhaps by the fecklessness of Tommy's father, Angus Cameron, who, as usual, was away somewhere chasing a story. He was the Argyle correspondent for several Glasgow and London newspapers. By the standards of Glasgow and London, not much news was made in Argyle. She said, Mrs. McNeil's youngest, Sue, has had twins in Aberdeen. Tommy said proudly, And we have a computer. The McDevin said in disbelief, A computer? Mrs. Cameron sighed, It is one more thing that his father has bought secondhand for his work, but Angus cannot understand the machine at all. I can, though, Tommy said confidently. We have them at school. Perhaps you will teach him, said his mother, without much hope, if he will just stay in one place long enough. Suddenly, Tommy heard a bicycle bell ringing from the outside of the shop door, where six bicycles bought by his father, also secondhand, stood waiting in a patient row for athletic tourists to come and rent them. He ran hopefully outside, and was greeted instantly by a great jangling crash as all six bicycles tumbled into a heap. Tommy stood staring. Nobody was there, and he had not touched any of the bicycles, not one. Mrs. Cameron called crossly, Tommy, what are you doing? From the other side of the bicycles, in a triumphant whisper of sound, the boggart laughed. If you enjoyed this chapter and are hungry for more, this title is available in audiobook form through Libby by Overdrive. Visit calvertlibrary.info for more information and stay tuned for more book bites.